Next, on the 5 o'clock report. There's a shooter in the hallway. We cannot keep living like this. He would have come. We're up against it. This cow is out of the barn. This is a trauma the world needs to heal. I don't put up with bullets. Now, let's go to the newsroom. A killer on campus. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Mark Webster. There's a shooter in the hallway. from 35 doors jumping out of the window currently. Classes canceled the next two days at Michigan State University, reeling from last night's shooting rampage, which left three dead and five with critical injuries. MSU interim president Teresa Woodruff. We will take two days where we will move to emergency operation to give ourselves time to think and to grieve together. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. We cannot keep living like this. Our children are scared to go to school. People feel unsafe in their houses of worship or local stores. The 43-year-old gunman later took his own life off campus. Police say they found notes on him indicating he might have planned more shootings in New Jersey. His father spoke out this afternoon, saying his son had become, quote, evil and mean after the death of his mother two years ago. One person dead, several injured in New York City after a man ran people over with a U-Haul truck. This man witnessed it. We see that it has something under the car and everybody's yelling out for the U-Haul truck to stop and he wouldn't stop. The suspect with a criminal record in Nevada and also has a history of mental illness. The search continues for debris that might answer the flood of questions over that trio of objects shot down in North American airspace over the weekend. We're up against it when it comes to just the weather and the general geographic conditions. National Security Council's John Kirby. Still want to recover it because that's our best way of knowing for sure what these things were. U.S. Senators got a closed-door briefing today. John Kennedy is a Louisiana senator. I just know that we need some more transparency. I understand the need for national national security secrets, but uh, now that this cow is out of the barn, the president and the director of national intelligence needs to address it. Kirby says one possibility is that the three objects might have been related to research and, in his words, totally benign. This is a trauma which the world needs to heal. UN aid chief Martin Griffiths, more than 35,000 people now confirmed dead in the Turkey-Syria earthquakes. At night, when the temperature plunges to sub-zero, the only way to keep warm is by burning wood scavenged from nearby houses destroyed in the quake. Families, once prosperous, now live in donated tents set up at a local park. Correspondent MTS Tayyab, the UN says the number of dead could rise above 50 thousand. Now back to this country, another early entrant into the field for the White House in 2024. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley out with a video today announcing her candidacy. She served as U.N. ambassador during the first two years of the Trump administration. Another likely entrant, former Vice President Mike Pence. But first, he'll have to contest a special prosecutor's subpoena ordering him to testify in the investigation of former President Trump's bid to overturn the 2020 election. It's a serious legal issue. The courts uh, can take a long time, as we know, and especially if this constitutional question is taken up by the Supreme Court. Political commentator Larry Sabato, who says Pence and Haley don't concern Donald Trump as much as Florida Governor Ron DeSantis does. Health news now. Teenage girls are experiencing what's being described as an overwhelming wave of violence and trauma. Over the past decade, teens, especially girls, have experienced dramatic increases in experiences of violence and poor mental health and suicide risk. 
That's the CDC's Dr. Deborah Horry. Sexual attacks and other trauma are leading to the uptick. A CDC survey says about three in five teen girls say they feel persistently sad or hopeless. That's the highest number in a decade. A San Francisco-bound United Airlines flight was within less than 800 feet from plunging into the Pacific Ocean late last year. That, according to a new report in Air Current confirmed by United, the plane reportedly took a steep dive after departing from Maui on December 18th last year. The plane took off during heavy rain and a flash flood warning and reportedly tumbled about 8,600 feet per minute before finally making a full recovery. This passenger took the ride of his life. All of a sudden, the nose pitched up pretty dramatically for maybe three to five seconds. And at that point, there were a number of screams that were let out. But it was very brief and it was followed by a very dramatic descent. The dive and recovery happened in 45 seconds. The plane landed safely in San Francisco. That dive produced nearly three times the force of gravity on the plane and its passengers. Still to come on the 5 o'clock report, unraveling a tragedy in Niagara Falls, the problem with New York's housing compact, and the run for the roses is on. I'm Kevin Williams, and here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. A mild night is coming up, and near record warmth is due tomorrow. Clouds gather tonight, and it could be a sprinkle during the pre-dawn hours. It stays mild, low temps, 30s, and low 40s. Wednesday, clouds, limited sunny breaks, and a light shower sprinkle in parts of New York State. High temps near record territory, 50s and low 60s. On Thursday, continued mild, mostly cloudy rain later in the day and at night. High temperatures Thursday, 50s to near 60s. All right, thank you, Kevin. Certainly doesn't feel like a February afternoon. Now checking the stories making news where you live across New York and Pennsylvania. A woman is dead, her five-year-old son hospitalized, after police say she jumped into the Niagara Gorge with her young son. It happened Monday afternoon between Terrapin Point and the Cave of the Winds. The pair were located about 70 yards below the railing. New York State Parks Police Captain Chris Rolla says despite good conditions yesterday... It's very icy down there, so it's real tough terrain that our guy and girls were able to get through and get to them. The incident remains under investigation. The Buffalo Top Supermarket shooter will be sentenced tomorrow to life in prison without the possibility of parole. The sentencing hearing will happen in state Supreme Court. 19-year-old Peyton Gendron has admitted to the racially motivated massacre that left 10 dead and 3 wounded last May. Victims' families will get a chance to confront Gendron at Wednesday's hearing. It's going to be a very emotional time where victims will face Mr. Gendron. There's going to be a long line of victims that are going to be speaking and addressing him directly. Attorney John Elmore says there's still a chance Gendron could get the death penalty if convicted of federal hate crimes charges. Critics are blasting New York's housing compact. Family Life's Brandon Dixon tells us why. The compact forces towns and villages in the suburbs of New York City to increase their housing stock in order to meet the state's goal of constructing 800,000 new homes by the start of the next decade. The plan is to rezone these towns and villages for high-density housing apartment buildings within a half mile of mass transit. In addition to this, the Biden administration is forcing towns to submit equity plans showing how they'll make it possible for low-income people to live there by providing affordable housing and transportation. Towns that don't meet the cookie-cutter requirement for economic diversity will lose 
federal funding. Brandon Dixon, Family Life News. Thanks, Brandon. Now to Rochester staff at the Seneca Park Zoo mourning the death of a six-year-old giraffe named Parker following what's being called a tragic accident. The animal was found Sunday trapped in support structure for the giraffe enclosure. This is a heartbreaking loss for all of us here at Seneca Park Zoo. Parker was a healthy giraffe and he was loved by all. Lacey says the Seneca Park Zoo is going to modify its enclosure gate structure to prevent a similar tragedy from ever happening. A historic stained glass window from a Binghamton area church is moving to a home in a local museum. The United Methodist Church in Endicott, once home of the prominent businessman and philanthropist George F. Johnson, who donated $89,000 to have the church built in 1919. IBM founder Thomas Watson was also a member of the once thriving church, which has since seen its numbers dwindle from 900 to almost nothing. It'll hold its last service February 26th. But that window depicting Johnson holding a child in his arms will head to the Endicott Historical Society Museum. Society President Ted Warner tells WICZ. The window is going to be our, the number one artifact that anyone's ever given to us at the museum. It encompasses the whole history of Endicott. Church Chairman Bob Klingensmith has attended that church for over 50 years. I had attempted many times to get the building listed in the National Historic Registry, which was then have preserved the entire building. I am thrilled that even a portion of it will be preserved. Now to Pennsylvania. Concerns remain high among residents in PA and neighboring Ohio over last week's chemical train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. An evacuation order was lifted, but Russell Murphy, who lives on the Ohio side, less than three miles from ground zero, says it shouldn't have been. We've seen a lot of dead fish. Uh, there's still some that are remnants. I don't know if they're still dying. It's horrible. It's horrible to see it. Uh, the smells kind of subsided. You know, before two days ago, you couldn't stand here without getting a headache. I couldn't anyway. Ohio Republican J.D. Vance says the Biden administration's transportation secretary should have addressed the situation in a speaking engagement this week. Pete Buttigieg had the opportunity to address this problem. He instead talked about the excessive amount of, this is not a joke, too many white men in the construction industry. That is not a serious concern for this country right now. What's going on in East Palestine is the secretary of transportation needs to focus on real problems. Vance speaking to Fox News. The the Pennsylvania House still hasn't finalized whether Speaker Mark Rossi will stay in the position or figured out chamber rules. Democratic Representative Mary Isaacson tells ABC 27 bipartisan work needs to happen and soon. Hopefully we can get some rules adopted and do the people's business. Everybody needs to get back to the Capitol and we need to get to work. Republican Representative Don Kiefer, the state house expected to be back in session in a week and legislative work could finally begin then. Citing ever-growing numbers of unaffiliated voters and lingering distaste with the divisiveness of the nation's two-party systems, some lawmakers and advocates in Pennsylvania are renewing the push for open primaries. Family Life reporter Terry Diener with more. Switching the state's primary elections to open would allow voters who are not registered with either party to participate. Several lawmakers are proposing the change. Unaffiliated is the fastest growing political identification in the state, with more than a million Pennsylvania voters who are not affiliated with either the Democratic or the Republican parties. There are already 30 states that provide unaffiliated voters with some greater level of participation in primaries. Terry Diener, Family Life News. Thank you, Terry.
Yes, it's the run for the roses this afternoon or any other gifts procrastinating Valentines can get their hands on for their sweetheart. Family Life asked State College PA florist Daniel Vaughn if most Cupids plan ahead or just wing it. You see walk in traffic all day long. However, I would say we do not deal in stereotypes at all in our business. We've had men calling for the last two weeks. We've had women calling. I think it's all about educating our clientele. Corey P.A. Flores Dennis Baker says his shop sees more people phoning in orders in advance, but some will stop for fresh roses on their way home from work today. And we have a good staff that works here that have bases made up uh, constantly or arrangements made up constantly ahead of time. So as those people do drop in, uh, we are able to meet their needs. Happy hunting out there. All right, your nightly market report is up next, brought to you by Ambassador Advisors. Here's Family Life's Dave Margolotti. Stocks move back and forth throughout the session today with the major indices ending the day mixed. Consumer price index numbers for January came in higher than expected as inflation persists. Markets seemed unsure of how to react to the news. Some speculate that since housing was a big driver of the high number, many are not worried as they believe that inflation will ease in the coming months. Payroll numbers also came out and showed salaries increased more than expected. Oil today moving lower to $79 a barrel. The Dow lost 156 points. The S&P 500 down just a point and the Nasdaq rose 68. Ambassador Advisors is a Christian financial planning firm helping faithful stewards do more online at ambassadoradvisors.com. Thank you, Dave. This is the 5 o'clock report on Family Life. On this Valentine's Day, I want to talk about love. Hi, I'm Rob West with a Faith and Finance Minute. What I have in mind isn't about flowers or a card, as important as those may be. Instead, I'm thinking about the love that's at the center of the Christian faith. Scripture tells us God is love, and the Bible says this divine love lives in us through the Holy Spirit. Now, I believe Christians should be generous givers, but what motivates our giving is crucial. Do we give out of a sense of obligation or out of love? When our generosity flows from divine love, we're acting like God himself. So ask the Lord to help you grow in love. And as your love expands, you'll become more and more like him in your generosity. Manage your finances wisely with the easy-to-use FaithFi app. Download FaithFi, Faith and Finance, from your app store or learn more at faithfi.com. All right, coming up on the 5 o'clock report, we'll stay with the theme, the real story behind St. Valentine's Day. I'm Kevin Williams, and here is your Family Life Regional Weather Forecast. A mild night is coming up, and near-record warmth is due tomorrow, although the day will not be as sunny as today was, and there will be a light shower in spots. Chillier weather does arrive at the end of the week. A few flakes will be seen for some on Friday, but for this week at least, no big-ticket winter items are going to occur. The call for tonight, clouds gather, and there could be a light shower sprinkle in spots, low temps, 30s and low 40s. Tomorrow, breezy, warm clouds, some partial sunshine, and a light shower sprinkle in parts of New York State. High temps near 60, again, near record territory. On Thursday, mostly cloudy rain arrives later in the day. There could be some thunder near Lake Erie. High temperatures on Thursday, mostly in the 50s, low 60s in parts of Pennsylvania. Thank you, Kevin. Finally at 5. Well, the 
these days, February 14th is most often just called Valentine's Day. A lot of people omit the saint that used to go in front of those words. Before there were cards, flowers, chocolates, and romantic candle-lit dinners, there was the Christian liturgical feast of St. Valentine, honoring a martyr or martyrs by that name. One story cites a St. Valentine of 3rd century Rome who was martyred for ministering to persecuted Christians under the Roman Empire. It's said while in jail, he restored the eyesight of his jailer's blind daughter, and legend has it, before he was executed, he signed a card to her, your Valentine. Another says he performed weddings for Christian soldiers who were forbidden to marry. The Feast of St. Valentine, still an official date on Anglican and Lutheran church calendars, dates back at least to the 8th century, though as far as we know, that feast did not involve chocolates. Somewhere around the 14th or 15th century, it somehow morphed into a day for celebrating romance. In either case, it's still all about the things done out of love. That's the world we live in for Tuesday, February 14th, 2023, St. Valentine's Day. Thank you again for joining us. I'm Mark Webster, Family Life News.